and <clears throat> I want to do this in the in the honor of our dear friend Rex Bryan that went to be home went home to be with the Lord earlier this week, and so in having this school of the Spirit, it's just a way of just keeping things going because that was his heart, and so therefore. Uh, even though we know that we have a loss of a friend that's here with us on earth, but we really didn't lose him. We still have him in the midst of our hearts, amen? And we know the day come that we'll see him again. Is that right? So we thank God for the family as we move on. So in this segment, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about guidance. I believe one of the, the attributes of faith is to help us to walk in the guidance in the leading of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Now, we know that the scripture said <clears throat> in John 14 and uh, 16, Jesus said, the, he said that the comforter will come and, uh, and when he comes, he has a sevenfold name. Can we put that in the uh, uh, classic amplifier case because that can express what the comfort is. So we're talking about guidance. Our faith have to have a leading. They have to have a guidance, have to have a, uh, a direction. And the reason why, because persecution will come and trouble will come for the word's sake. And so unless you have something uh, from the word of God that has been speaking to your heart that you have gained revelation, you have gained insight on, more than likely what will happen, your heart will faint. Okay? Why? Because that's what trials from the works of the devil is meant to do. It is meant to uh, cause you to faint. It is meant to cause you to uh, quit. It is meant for you to shrink back in your stand. And one of the greatest mistakes that we could make is, is putting our faith in the trust of other men. What I mean by that is that you can't live by someone else's faith because you don't know the revelation that they have received that they're living by, okay? Now, you can gain from them just like you can gain from me what I'm saying, but you don't want to live by my faith. You want to live by the faith of who? Jesus. Amen? Why? Because the truth of what he will express to you and what he's expressing to me could be in two different light. Now, the reason for that is, is that, uh, you brought your guitar, brother? Okay, all right. So, in a few minutes, I'm going to let you sing. But, uh, but what we have here is that in the guidance of the Holy Ghost, what takes place is, is that we are all on different levels, okay? And that's the reason why the revelation of trying to uh, live our life in the light of what one person does or how they receive versus another person is two different things. And this is why we have what you, you can have what you call uh, shipwreck faith. Okay, why? Because you didn't really get it from the Lord. You got it from some watching someone else and you're trying to duplicate. And that's okay. But at the same time, you know, you have to have inside, you have to have a, 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 a inside information that will hold you steady. Okay, so notice this. Jesus said here that when he go, he said, I will ask the Father. And this, this is, he is the revelator, right? So notice that I will ask the Father, and he will do what? Give you another comforter. Is that right? And that comforter, notice this, he will be a counselor. He will be a helper. He will be an intercessor. He, is, he will be an advocate. He will be a strengthener, and they stand by, that he may what? Remain with you what? 
forever. Now, that forever is why you're here on the earth. Okay, so while we're here on the earth, I can always count on him to be a counselor to me. In other words, if I need some counsel about whatever in life, what a counselor does, it advises. Is that right? It points you in the right direction. Sometimes we need, he, he will be a helper. So a helper does what? He is an assistant. Is that right? That's what help does. It assists us in what we're doing. Well, it's the same as an intercessor. An intercessor is one that is already in perfect, in a, in, in a perfect setting that can make intercession on your behalf so that you can go through this. Why? Because he's already gone through it for you, meaning Jesus. Can you see it? So the Holy Ghost is what? Making intercession for us for the perfect will of God. And then he's an advocate. An advocate is one that does what? That stand in between. Is that right? And he will, and a strengthener. Now, just think about it. All of this is affecting your heart. Okay? So a strengthener, in other words, it will empower you. To be strengthened means you will be empowered right in the midst of danger, right in the midst of a negative situation. The Holy Ghost will strengthen you to do what? To, to stand strong and not waver in the faith. And then lastly, he's a standby. Stand by that means when no one else will stand by you, whenever, when everyone else may forsake you, not because they don't like you, but because they don't like your stand. And so because of they don't like your stand, they don't understand your stand. I mean, this is what happened to the Apostle Paul. Many walked away from him because they didn't understand his stand. Many walked away from Jesus because they didn't understand his stand. Are you following what I'm saying? And so that he may remain with you. Why? Because when you lose people or you lose support of people who were with you, who you looked up to, who you had fellowship with, who you ate with, that hurts because you have, because you still are a human being. Yes, I'm spirit, but then I am what? F flesh too. And so that fleshly side or that soul is part of us, it is affected. When, and that's why you have this sevenfold name of the Holy Ghost to do what? So he is, he makes the difference. He makes up the difference of what we're going through so that when these things of life happens, the trial, the tribulation, the persecution that comes for the word's sake, you have your helper right here. And he'll be the one that will stand by you and with you. Uh, through the duration until you fulfill all what God has called you to, or you go home early to be, you know, to be with the Lord, which, whichever way. But you don't lose, Amen. And so that's going to be my opening right here for you at this moment. And uh, we're going to have a a song uh, where we're going to come and bless us with a with a little praise and worship. People tune in just for that, you know, and and I'm good with that. That's all right. Sometimes you got to have them different anointing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, that's, you know, him singing them a song. And we go back to go back over that case. And once again, to the 14th chapter uh, of John, those that see that song fit right into this scripture. I didn't know what he was going to sing. But notice it this again, we'll just pick this up. And this is Jesus because he's getting ready to depart. He's talking to his disciples and he is uh, more secluded now out of public ministry, more into private ministry with his disciples. And he's preparing them to let them know what is getting ready to take place. And so here... If we just go back up one, one verse, go back up one verse where it says, he said, if you really love me, you will keep, obey my commands. And those commands there that I realized were his teaching. You'll keep my teaching. 
And that's what it means. You will keep my teachings. Okay. So verse 16, go ahead on Casey, which says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another comforter. It's, a, it's, it's not like another indifferent. It's the same comforter. Amen. And so, but this time he will be with you forever. Now, why do we need that comforter in this time of our life? The reason is, is because, again, we're not going to go through these again, but that comforter means counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may do what? Remain with you for how long? Forever. Is that right? On this earth. So while you're on this earth, what is the purpose of having a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby? It's because you will encounter various trials. You will encounter difficult situations. You will encounter things that seem like it's unfair, unjust, and you have no way of expressing. You have no way of dealing with this. And this is why as we, as the believer, the body of Christ, we're going to have to depend upon the counsel, the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to be able to trust him. Amen. To do what? Even in your darkest time when you don't, you know, when I say your darkest time, as the scripture said, you know, there are times you just don't know how to pray about something. Let's put that up for a moment. In Romans chapter 8 and look at verse 26, it doesn't mean that you don't know how to pray, but there are times in, in your weakness about a crisis, about something that you're facing, and you just don't know how to stand. So the Holy Ghost himself will make intercession through you. Notice it. It says here, so the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. See? And bear us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. So that's what the weakness is. The weakness just means I don't know how to pray in this. I don't know how to stand in this as I ought to. I mean, I can take, I can do things in the light of my own. I can say things in the light of my own. But it may not be God. So you don't want to be caught in your weakness of just trying to pray out of your feelings. You want to make sure that, know that I have a counselor, I have a comforter, someone that lives with me, someone that is with me all the time. He's my helper. So in that seven compound name, use him as a mean of being what? One that intercedes. That means what is he doing? He's standing in the gap for he's making the perfect praying, the perfect will of God on your behalf so that you can keep moving forward. Are y'all following what I'm saying here? So notice this. He said, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bear us up in our weakness. Because we all have weaknesses of things that we don't know how to pray about. It, you know, it, you don't know how to just really express it. You can't even explain it. Some things uh, make it look like it just, you know, God, have you really left us? Have you really forsaken us? But see, you know, you know, John, what is it, not John? You know what Hebrew 13 a say, he will never what? Leave you nor forsake you. So that will take that question out. That will take that doubt uh, that fear that will try to say, God forsaking you. God has, you know, uh, uh, pushed you aside. You'll be able to say, no, 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 no. Why? Because you know what, you know what Hebrews 13, 5 through 8 says. He's the same what? Yesterday as he is what? Today and what he'll be tomorrow. He said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So if he'll never leave you or forsake you, then you, you should never have in your doubt, in your mind, Maybe God left us. Maybe God forsake us. Maybe because of what I did, how I did. No, no, he will never leave you. That's your conscience trying to do what? Condemn us. So my conscience, see, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. So that your conscience won't condemn you because the, the word is greater than your conscience. 
Are you following? I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you that verse of scripture in a moment. So remember, First John three, twenty and twenty one. Remember that for me to go there. So notice that he said, "So the Holy Spirit come to our aid, and He bear us up in our what weakness." And now he he's getting ready to classify that. For we do not know what to pray. We do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it. See how to offer it. You know, sometimes people struggle with finances. Sometimes we struggle with uh, 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 sickness. We struggle with an illness. Or we struggle with uh, rebellion in the house, maybe with a son or daughter. Or we, uh, we struggle with the strife that may be in a marriage, in a, in a marital situation, and etc. And the list can go on. And this is, this, this is what, you know, the weakness is. And notice this, to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But notice it said, but, wow, wow, wow. See the word but? That word but that means, hey, everything that was just said before, hey, gain some hope. Cancel that out because here, here's your encouragement come. It said, but the Spirit himself, see, and, and because you're born of the Spirit, and I might add because you're filled with the Spirit, are you understand what I'm saying? Just being, you know, speaking in tongue just now, just, 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 just doesn't automatically say that you feel with the Spirit. It's an evidence that you feel with it when you speak in another tongue. But the greater attribute of being filled with the Spirit is you demonstrating, you living it out, you're walking it out. You're standing, you're able to stand. You're able to trust. You're able to allow the guidance, because what we're talking about, how to be guided through danger time. This is what we're talking about today. How to be guided through dangerous situation. We're living in a dangerous time now, a dangerous hour, okay? And notice this. He said, here, but the Spirit himself. Everybody say the Spirit himself. See, the Spirit himself, because why? That's, the, that's what makes the difference in you and I. The Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication. Huh? So when you think of supplication, what does the word supplication mean to you? Hmm? When you think of the word supplication. See, the thing, notice this, he talk about weakness. That supplication is that weakness, that thing, the spirit himself. So you don't have to be concerned about your weakness. That sub, the spirit himself will intercede. The spirit himself will step in for you and say, look out, little buddy, I got this for you. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? You know, well, I, I, I grew up in a household where I was the oldest. So, you know, you always have... You know, if your little brother get picked on or something like that, what the first thing they say I'm going to do? I'm going to get my big brother. Is that right? And so guess what? That supplication right there, see, it, 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 he meets our supplication and plea. That means the big brother going to take care of everything that's going on right here. So your big brother going to be the Holy Ghost. Amen? And notice this. He, he goes to meet our supplication and plead. Oh, like a lawyer. He do what? He plead. He plead in our behalf. Your big brother standing up in your behalf and letting that person know, that's my little brother. You don't mess with him. You mess with him. You have, if you mess with him, you mess with me. And it's the same thing that God is saying through Jesus Christ. When the, whatever affliction, see, we're not talking, look, and it just don't have to, you know, the devil is always behind a lot of these things that take place. But again, we bring some of these things on ourselves. But when you cry out to the Lord, huh? When you cry out to the Lord, that's when your help kicks in, right? Notice this. He said, to meet our supplication and plead in our behalf, what is he doing? With unspeakable yearning and groaning, it's too deep for utterance. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I tell you what, I've been in that place. I've been in that place that you have a groaning on the inside of you, awakening of what? Because Jesus himself groaned. Okay? 
And, 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 and you'll find that in John chapter 11 and verse 35. Let's look at that for me because I'm going to put that, I want to keep that in its context. Uh, uh, look at John, the gospel of John chapter 11. And I want to say verse 33. It's in two verses of scripture there. Uh, I think verse 33 and verse 35. And notice it. Yeah, this is, it say, and when Jesus saw her sobbing, and the Jews came with her, also sobbing. He was deeply moved in this move in spirit and trouble. That means he groaned. He he shaft in spirit and sighed and was disturbed. So therefore groaning is. You're being disturbed. What, what caused him to be disturbed? Because he saw what work. Or what the devil had done, the disturbance, the distraction, the, the hurt, the, the, the injustice he brought to this family. Are y'all seeing this? So he said, Jesus, when Jesus saw her sobbing, why, why was she, she sobbing? Because first of all, she looked at Jesus and wanted him to have already been there. Lord, if you would have been here, this would have never, this would have never happened. You ever heard that happen before? We all be, we all been that. Lord, if this, but again, when you begin to understand him, I don't say that no more. I don't do that no more. Why? Because when you begin, when you begin to learn him, when you begin to understand that God, just like we, we have a pattern that we live by. God has a pattern that he lives by. You can count on it. He never, he doesn't change. Okay, and so now when I look at something, regardless how how injustice it may have have been, uh, how untimely it may have been, I always look. God is faithful because He is. God is good all the time because He is. And and sometimes notice this: when we see things like this happen, like for for Mary and Martha's sake, their brother died. Maybe we need to look at this story a little bit more intently. Let's back it up just a little bit, uh, uh, Casey. Uh, I think around verse 20, when they came to tell Jesus that, is it verse 20 where it said, it told Jesus that it, uh, Lazarus has died and they came to get him? 21? Okay, go start there. And so here, I want to keep this in this context because so, I want you to see this. And, and these were the people that Jesus really loved. I don't know, in some way, he may have been uh, uh, related to them, but he spent a lot of time with them. And it says, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right? But see, now notice this. Notice this. Catch this now. He is a man, he is, he is God in his deity, but he's man in his what? Humanity, right? He's God in his humanity. Well, we both have God in us, the deity of God, and yet we have God in us in our humanity. Our humanity does what? It displays the glory of God. Okay? Now keep this in mind. Because what I'm getting ready to say to you is, is, is this is what we see of Jesus. This is no different for you and I. Okay? The only reason why it's going to sound a little different is because we've never been in a place where we truly needed to activate the faith of raising the dead or casting out devils. Right? Okay? So Martha said to Jesus, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Next verse. Even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, he will grant it to you. Now, notice, notice the words. Notice the words. So now, now, who has the comforter in him? Jesus, right? He, he, he has this say, he has all the Holy Ghost in him. But now we read in Mark, I mean, in John 14, he, Jesus said, it is expedient that I go, that he may come. Now that's John 16, 16, uh, 16, five or something like that. When he said, it is expedient that I go. But notice this, 
Now, what we see here is a demonstration of the comforter at work in Jesus. Oh, come on now. Can y'all see this? She said, look what she said. Even now I know what that whatever you ask from God, he will grant it to you. One word for the word ask, it could be request or it could be demand. Whatever you demand. It's not that you're demanding God in the mer- that God, I'm demand. No, that demand means you have a right to it. Are you following what I'm saying? But most of the time, we live in a, in a time because there's much trouble, because there's much persecution. But it doesn't make a difference. The trouble and the much persecution that we are afflicted by today, this is where we should shine the most. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because how would you know what you have is effective if you never get a chance to use it? I mean, Jesus didn't give us the comforter just to say, you know, you're not going to have no trouble. The purpose of the comforter, because you're going to have trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, but how would I be? How do I know he overcame the world? He have to equip me with whatever he used to overcome the world, so that when I'm confronted by the same woes that he was, now I know the same comforter that he overcame the works of the devil. That makes me more than a conqueror. Now I'm able to exercise those same rights. Is that right? This is what he's saying. And Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Whoa, wait a minute. Are y'all following? No, she wasn't ready for that. And a lot of time we're not ready for it. Hmm? How many deaths unnecessarily that we could, we could have said, wait a minute. I can remember one time. I still remember this. Now, I have no way of just actually knowing this, but I know, I remember in my spirit. I was young, young, young in the Lord. And I was also young in age. And that was a family. This brother, we became real close in the Lord. I mean, real, real close. And um, he had seven children. Him and his wife. Him, his wife, and six of the children died. The baby lived. And it was from gas. It was from, what do you call it, carbon monoxide. And, man. And, you know, I'm a Baptist boy. (laughs) I'm learning this as a Baptist boy. But we had the Holy Ghost. And we had a Holy Ghost field teacher. And, man, I'm sitting there and, and, you know, and I worked with this brother before, you know. I mean, we all three worked. You know, the, my, my Bible teacher, he was a bricklayer master. Uh, and uh, the, uh, I can't call his name right now, but he was a bricklayer. I was a helper. I never did. So my job was to make sure I took all the bricks, kept them, and I threw them two by two, how to stack them. And we got close. And one day, uh, um, he, you know, we was at... we. Just, Work was getting ready to start, and and he called uh, my teacher brother uh, uh, Womack. He said, "You know," uh, he said, "Ty," he said, "I forgot the other." He said, uh, uh, "What's one called him pads?" I see, and I I said, "Man, something rolls up on the inside of me." I said. Let's go raise him up from the dead. Are you following what I'm saying? Well, I'm willing to obey the Bible, right? I'm not saying that he would have actually got up, but I believe with everything inside of me, he would have. But I was talked out of it. In other words, it was like, we taught these things, and remember, we all sitting up under, you know, uh, we're in a Baptist church learning all of this, and we knew some things, we knew what the Word said, but notice that there was very little revelation, very little knowledge of knowing that 
yeah, let's go do this. We can actually do this. And that's when my heart cried out and said, God, there's got to be much more to this than what we have. So over, yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. So over 42 years or 43 years, my heart has been ablaze to do what? To know these things. And when I have a prompting in my spirit to do what? To minister. I mean, my wife has a life crisis. I, I minister to her. You know, uh, she actually went out. I ministered to her. She got raised up. I have a son that died. He got raised up. Are you following what I'm saying? But I haven't seen this in a very long time. It's not that I'm looking for, but I'm trying to get you to see. I'm trying to get you ready to the place where we're going to always have trouble on the earth. But we are put here with a helper like Jesus did to do what? To undo. Jesus said the reason for his purpose on the earth in 1 John 3 8, is to undo the work the devil done. That's his purpose. So therefore, what are we doing? We are acting as what? More than a conqueror to do what? To carry out that work. Is that right? That's what we are. Each one of us in here, whoever's listening to us right now online, that's what we're called to do. To, to do what? Because there are, there are going to be many people, things are happening in our earth. And notice that they don't have no answer. They don't have no way of reforming themselves. They don't have no way of bringing things back in, you know, in, in order. But you and I, who have the Holy Ghost, he wants to talk to us. He wants to reveal God's plan. Because just like God has a plan for you and I, God got a plan for that person that's hurting. He had a plan for that person that's afflicted. And how do we not know that God wants to use us to do what? To bring that person back to that place so that his will could be used in this life. How about the Apostle Paul? The man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Who went to get a letter from the high priest and put all in jail who was up this way. That way means who believed in the name of Jesus. And he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Notice Jesus didn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my church? Why are you killing my people? Why are you causing them to run and be scattered? No. What did he say? He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Can y'all see that? And we probably get to some of that if we do. If not, we'll do it tomorrow. And Jesus said to her, your brother should rise again. So what am I saying? I said all of that to say this. What ability Jesus had in him then, we have now by faith in the Holy Ghost. Right? Next verse, Casey. Martha replied, I know that he will rise again. Look where her mind. Because Jesus in those prior verses said, you know, he is the resurrection and the life. And notice that she said, yes, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Look at Jesus' response. He said to her, I am myself the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me in apprehends to Trust in, rely on me. Can y'all see that? And this is where we're at right now. We need to get back to the place that we actually rely on him. We actually believe what his words say. Because notice that you're not going to do it perfect. But if you're willing to step out of the boat like Peter and begin to have water walking faith, you may not walk on little water, but water walking faith means I'm taking a leap of faith and I'm stepping out and I'm going to lay hand up on the sick. Why? Because you got to get to the place. If they don't recover, it's not on me. I'm not the healer. 
right? Jesus is the healer, right? But we have to act on his word to do what? So that the transmission of healing, deliverance, or whatever is needed can do what? It has to channel through you and I, the believer. Can y'all see that? And so notice this. Whoever believes, apprehend, trust in, and rely on me, although he may die, yet, everybody say yet, he shall what? I'm telling you, that's the kind of attitude God wants you and I to have. And this is what it's going to take in this hour that we're living in. It's going to take in this hour that we're living in an attitude. Are y'all following what I'm saying? An attitude to do what? To live our life. Just because there are crises, just because there are things that are taking place. No, we are, we are the representatives of God. We are the one, we're the peacemakers. We're the peacemakers. You can't look to the government. You can't look to, <laughs> you can't look to nothing. You can't look to religion. We're the peacemaker, the body of Christ here. Yet, notice, look how, look how profound that those last four words are. Yet he shall what? It didn't say my, shall, that's a strong word. It leaves no doubt. It leaves no waiver, no room for waiver. That's where we got to become. We have to get back to the place that our faith won't waver. Our belief won't waver. I don't care how detrimental the situation is. I don't care how dire the, the, dark, the, the, the matter may be. I know God. That's what we got to get. I know God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Why? We're not of this world. We live in it. But we're not of it. We are made we are made by Almighty God to do what? To, we make the difference. And notice this. He said, and yet he shall what? What he shall do? Come on, talk to me. He, what shall he do? He shall what? Live, right? right? Look at the next verse. And whoever continues to live and what? And believes in, huh? Has faith. Ooh, can you see that? Has faith in, cleave to, and rely on. Me shall never actually die at all. So what are we actually saying here? He's saying, Jesus said, as he always said, when he talked to, remember? Uh, think about J.R. for a moment. And um, um, let's just, let, let hold that. Remember, I'm going to come back to that. Put J.R.'s uh, chapter, um, what is that? Um, Luke 8, uh, Casey, I think, and verse 49. And this is in, this is in the same version. Watch this. All through Jesus ministering through the deaf, those that are captive, whatever it may be. Notice it. He said, while he was still speaking, a man from the house of the directors of the synagogue came and said to Jairus, your daughter is what? Whoa. Isn't that what we hear about? Uh, uh, Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus Look what Jesus did Do not weary Notice that J.R. didn't speak Because his faith Was at stake here Right Jesus didn't was not holding a healing meeting, a healing conference. The woman with the issue of blood, she came in because she had issues in herself. She came in and took what she had a right, what she heard of. While Jairus, 
while he was still speaking, notice this, the director of the synagogue came and said to J.R., your daughter is dead. Whoa, what you think that's going to do to you? What you think that's going to do to you? All hope is gone because well, how do you think you're going to respond? Hmm? Your daughter is dead. I mean, just think about there are some things in our life. Your daughter is dead. Your ministry is dead. Your marriage is dead. Huh? What you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you, bad boy? Notice this. It's important just as Jesus was speaking, who do you think was speaking through him? The comforter. He was drawing from his father the spirit of God. We have the same spirit, 2 Corinthians 4, 12, uh, 13 says, we having the same spirit of faith, therefore we believe and therefore we what? We speak. The spirit of faith speaks. Right in the midst of something that, that says you're doomed. Right in the midst of something that says it's dead. Right in the midst of something that says it won't happen again. You have to be the one. I have to be the one. If God's hand is going to move, it's going to bring forth the miraculous in this hour, he needs a person with a boldness, not how loud they speak, but a boldness that believe in him. Not you believing in you. You know, some people have, they believe in them. It's not nothing wrong with you believing in you, but you can't be putting your faith in you. Your faith has to be in God first in order for me to have confidence in me. Because without him, I have no confidence. Can you see what I'm saying? You're not made by yourself. You were not made by yourself. You were not made. You didn't make you. It was God. Amen? Now notice this. So he said, your daughter is dead. Do not weary and trouble the teacher any further. Look what Jesus, notice this. See the word but again? Just zero everything out. On hearing this, answered him, do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. Wow, that's some big words, right? Do not be what? Seized. Well, well, when you think about the word seized, what do you think it's doing? It's taking away all of your confidence. It's taking away everything that you're standing on. It, it comes to terrify you. And this is the reason why you don't open the door for fear. Because you hear something, because you see of something, because you witness something. And this is what fear, doubt, unbelief, it all comes from the outside getting into your thought life. And if you let it get in, you're talking about a ravishing that it will do. You ever had a rat in your house, in your cabinets? That thing will go through. If you don't know where it's coming, that thing will, I mean, that thing will eat up all... It'll eat up in your flour. It'll eat up in your bread. It'll eat up in everything you got going on. It will ravish everything until you catch it. It knows when you go to sleep. When the lights go off, it knows. And, it, and it's, it's off the... I'm telling you, that's the works of doctrine. When doubt, unbelief, and fear comes in, it knows. And that's when it goes to work. Because why? You empowered it. You empower it. And look what Jesus said. On hearing what? This. Look how specific he was. But Jesus, on hearing this. What was the this? Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the master. And he answered him. He said, do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. And one word for fear is it means terrorism, or it means it's where the word terrorize comes from. It means in terror. Hmm? Simply, look what Jesus said. Simply believe where? In 
in me as what? Able to do this. And she shall be what? Oh, wow. So what Jesus told him? Simply believe in me. I believe throughout the four gospels, that's everything that Jesus was saying. In every healing, in every uh, casting out of devils, whatever it was, simply believe in me. And this is what Jesus is saying today. Notice what he's saying. Hey, simply believe in the word that is, that, that is written by the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he testified of me. Uh, that's John 16, 14. He testifies of me. And notice it. And she shall be what? Made well. So what, we, what is our lesson? We're talking about having guidance in dangerous time. How to guide, how to be guided, how to, you know, to be led. How to have the Holy Spirit to do what to assist you and I. Why? Because that's why he's here. He's here for those troubled times. So you're going to always have trouble in the earth. You're going to always have trouble on the earth. But the trouble that's on the earth don't have to affect you and I. We can diffuse the trouble. You're not going to stop it all, but you can diffuse it from taking place in your family, from taking place in your community or in the ministry or whatever God has called you to. Amen. It's all in how one believes. Can y'all see that? All right. Now, Casey, go back uh Go back uh, over there uh, to John 11. Uh, what verse we stopped off at? I think, uh, was it 25? Let's put it up there. We'll see. Which... Yeah, Jesus said, I am the resurrection of life. And whoever believes in me, adheres to, trust in, rely on me. See, notice it didn't say yourself. Me, he said, meaning Jesus. Although he, he may die, what does that tell you? Although this thing may go sour, although this may happen, but yet it shall live. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Next verse, Casey. And whoever continues to live, believe in, has faith in, cleaves to, and rely on me, should never actually die at all. Do you believe this? Is that right? And you know, sometimes, you know, we say it should never die at all. Why? Because a person in God, a person in Christ, you know, look, some people in the body of Christ, D, look, I'm told you get a glimpse of heaven, you can forget it. They don't want that. They don't have the remembrance. They don't have the feeling. They don't have nothing that you and I have. Everything is totally different. So when they get, it's like a person that's on a deathbed or something like that, or, or they're in and out. When Once they have a taste of what heaven is like, it's just like, mm-mm, I'm out of here. Only if the Lord privileged for them to go back. And there have been men and women that God has privileged to do what? To come back. And they, they, it wasn't that their lives were so, you know, were so glorious. They just lived meteorocative lives. But because of what God had on their life, he sent them back to the earth to do what? And I think that's amazing, man, to do or to warn us. And we shouldn't have to have that, but sometimes it takes some of that for what? To get people to believe. Is that right? And so Jesus asked, do you believe this? Verse 27. And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe. I do believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God, even he who was to come into the world. Notice it. It is for your coming that the world has waited. Keep going. 
After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary privately, whispering to her, the teacher is close at hand. He's asking for you. Keep going. And when she heard this, she sprung up quickly and went to him. Next verse. And when Jesus, now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the same spot where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were sitting with her in the house and consoling her saw how hastily Mary has arisen, Notice this, and gone out, they followed her, supposing she was gone to the tomb to pour out her grief there. You see how, you see how the word is, people use that? It's not a good word. And you see, sometimes you have to be, you have to, not sometimes, all the time, you have to be mindful of what you, who you find yourself around. Because sometimes people will put you in a panic mode, okay, to get you to respond in a hasty manner. Verse, 30, verse 32, watch this. And when Jesus came to the place, watch this, where, Je- where Mary came to the place where Jesus was and saw him, notice what she did. She dropped down at her feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have what? Oh, Keep going. When Jesus saw her sobbing, now we back up, and the Jews came to her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in what? Spirit. And notice this, and trouble. He wasn't moved in spirit as, you know, uh, uh, sorrow that he lost. No, he saw what the devil had done, the work the devil had done. That means the compassion of God rose up. And this is the same thing about you and I. It, when we minister, when we're out in the highways and the byways, it's like you're not doing this. You're not trying to step forward to be seen, to be heard. No, it's that compassion of God's love. For what? For humanity. Why? Because God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. And notice this. And now that we are sons and daughters, that compassion swells up on the inside of us to do what? To bring relief to them as it did to us. Can y'all see that? He was deeply moved in spirit and trouble, and he shall in spirit. And sighed and was disturbed. That's what they're disturbed. Because of what the devil had done, all this crying, all this sobbing, all this heartache, all this grief that's taking place here, it, it, it was a mess. It was a mess. Next verse. And he said, where? You see that? You see what the answer does? You see what the solution does? Where have you laid him? They said, said to him, Lord, come and see. Keep going. And Jesus wept. Not because. Notice this. He didn't wept. He didn't weep because of, 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 of what was going on. He, he wept because of the trouble. He wept because of what he saw the people whom he loved, how they were infected. Wow. Then the Jews said, see how tenderly he loved him? (laughs) But some of them said, could not he who opened a blind man's eye have prevented this man from dying? You see why he wept? People are so unthankful. People will always try to size you and I up by, not by what good took place. Well, well, could he not do this? The man who spoke of this, the man who a woman done this, could you not have done this? Could you not have prevented this? That's not faith. 
That's why Jesus was disturbed. Because he saw what the devil was doing. And notice this. Next verse, Casey. Now Jesus again, siding and repeating. Watch this. And deeply discreted, approached the tomb. It was a cave, a hole in the rock, and a blunder. And he laid against. And the entrance to close it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. That taking away the stone is like taking away the law. That's a type of the law. It's what the law had. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, explained, but Lord, by this time he is decayed and thrown off an offensive order. For he's been dead for four days. You see how your natural mind can go to work and begin to put you in a place where we won't act on the word because time, because of limits, and because etc. I'm saying this to you, saints, as I get ready to close with this. We have to be to the place that whereas we are not moved by what we see, we're not moved by what we feel, we're only moved by the word of God. If I don't have the word, if I don't have the witness of God uh, uh, in my spirit that goes along with the word, then guess what? Okay, I leave it alone. Because there are some things you're not going to always understand. You, you're not going to understand why the Lord will just won't prompt you to lay hands on this person or prompt you to, to minister to that person. Number one, that person may not be in position to receive your ministry to them. Are y'all getting what I'm saying here? Watch this. Next verse, Casey. And Jesus said to her, did not I tell you and promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you will see what? The glory of God. Oh, goodness. Can y'all see that? And she took, so they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Keep going. Yes, I know you always hear and listens to me. But I said this on the account of and for the benefit of the people standing around. So that they may believe that you did send me. And that you have made me your messenger. So if it made Jesus his messenger, would that make you and I? His messenger, right? Watch this. Keep going. And when he had said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. He had to call him by name. Remember, faith, if Jesus wouldn't have just, if he would just say, hey, you in there, come out. Well, how many was in there? However many was in there would have done what? He would have came out, right? And so he walked out, so, and walked out the man who had been dead, his hand, his feet wrapped in burial clothes, linen strips, and with a burial napkin bound around his face, Jesus said to them, free him for the burial wrapping and let him, what, go. That means the thing that represent death, the thing that represent him being bound, he was let go. Is that right? And upon seeing what Jesus had done, many of the Jews who had come with Mary believed in him and they trusted in him and appealed to him and they did what? Relied on him. Is that, is, is that the end of that story, Casey? 
they relied upon him. Is that right? But you know, but some of them that went back to the Pharisee, then they told them what Jesus had done. Well, you're going to always have that, right? Okay. Now, uh, the last thing I want to show you, and uh, I will close, is that go with me to 1 John chapter 3. And let's start here at, uh, I think, verse 14, 1 John. We know that we have passed over out of death. That means that's spiritual death. Unto life, that means spiritual life. By the fact that we love the brethren, our fellow Christian. He who does not love, abides, or remain, is held and kept continuously in where? In spiritual death. So you and I that's born of God, that means you have passed from spiritual death unto spiritual life. That's what this is saying. Keep going, uh, Case. And anyone who hates, abominate, detests his brother in Christ is at heart a murderer. And know that no murderer has eternal life abiding, preserving, or preserving, or persevering within him. Okay? Keep going. But this we come to know and progressively to recognize, to perceive, and understand the essential love that he laid down his own life where for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for those who are our brothers in him. So see, the only way you're going to be able to do that is that, again, you're going to have to recognize Persecution, tribulations, is real in this world. But the guidance of us with the power of the Holy Ghost is to do it, is to help us to relieve those of those trials, of those tribulations that they're confronted with, and then do what? Relieve them with the word of God. Is that right? Next verse, Casey. But if anyone that has this world's good resources for sustaining life and sees his brother, a fellow believer in need, and yet closes his heart of compassion against him? How can the love of God live and remain in him? That means when you have something in you to do good and you withhold, then how, you know, that love, that compassion of heart. It's not just speaking of money. It's speaking of what we could do ourselves to help someone else, to minister to someone else, maybe clean up a yard. I don't know. Maybe wash someone's car, right? Or take it to get clean. Not, not too many people wash cars today. Well, I'll take it to the car wash. <laughs> Is that the next verse? Here we go. And we get ready to close right here. Little children, let us not love merely in theory or speech, but in deed and in truth, in practice and sincerity. That's what deed and truth. Practice and sincerity. So we got to practice and this is what we've been talking about all morning. We have to practice the life of Christ. Practice that life. Okay? Next verse. Here we go. By this shall, I mean, we shall come to know, perceive, recognize, and understand that we are of the truth and can reassure quite, what is that? Consolidate? Consolidate? And pacify our heart in his presence. Quiet, conciliate, or consolate, and pacify our heart in his presence. Why? Because the trouble when you have the truth. Is that right? I mean, look, that truth, that's what's going to reassure us all is well. I don't care what happens. I'm not going to pay attention to this. All is well. Right? Next verse. Whenever our heart in tormenting. Now, you know this is not talking about your spirit, okay? Talking about your soul. Self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us. For we are in God's hand. 
For he is above and greater than our conscience. That means our heart. And he knows and perceives and understands everything. Nothing is hidden from him. One more verse. And the love, if our conscience, our heart, do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confident, complete assurance and boldness where? Before God. Keep going. And we receive from him whatever we ask because we watchfully obey his orders, observe his suggestion, injunction, and follow his plan for us. Habitually or habitually practice what is pleasing where? To him. That mean you, I mean, you are at work practicing. You are at work putting these things in play. You are allowing the Holy Spirit to do what? To guide you. You are allowing the Holy Spirit to bring us into that perfect place with him. Is that right? And so when, as we talk, as we get ready to close this about in, in uh, guiding for uh, troubled times uh, in this life, uh, we're not afraid of it. We're not running from it. We're not shrinking back from it. But we are embracing these times that we're in with the truth, with his uh, spirit. And as we embrace these things with his spirit, then guess what? It's kind of make, like make us supermen and superwomen. Are y'all following what I'm saying? We're not afraid of what's on the earth. We're not afraid of what's taking place. We may not have the answer right away, but if we rely upon the Holy Ghost, the one that will guide us, the one that will counsel us, the one that will assist us, the one that will stand by us, we'll make it. We'll make it. Amen. So, did you learn anything today?